From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Tom Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony filling in for Sean Thompson, who's probably somewhere uh, again with a cigar in his mouth, and uh, he doesn't drink anymore, so probably a Pepsi or Coke. He, he probably doesn't even drink Pepsi or Coke. Water. That's probably all he has. Lacroix. 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 Which is some similar to what I'm drinking today. Uh, I'm so happy to be back here in studio. Uh, I just want to, you know, Sean is he, he's entrusted um, me to be here and. I got to make sure we, we, we bring the heat today um, and have a great show. And I'm so happy to have in studio joining me again, my friend, my pal, my buddy, my brother from another mother, Mark Vargas, host of the show, Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday, 7 to 9. Welcome back, brother. John, long time no see, brother. Long time no see. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, you know, we had a great, good time, too, after the show. Went out to eat. and Had a great you know, dinner. It was Mark's treat, you know, McDonald's. I told uh, them they can order anything. He can order anything he wants off the appetizer menu. <laughs> I was splurging. Yeah, and, and we did, didn't we? <laughs> we had a great time. I didn't think he'd order everything on the appetizer menu. <laughs> no, but it was a great time. So I wanted to say thank you. Um, you know, repeat. I'm so glad you're here, my my buddy, my homie, Hoff Daddy's here. Uh, I always love when the great. You should see his beard. His beard is just like. It's growing, Hoff Daddy. <laughs> but uh, we, we, we're going to have a jam-packed show today. We're going to have Congressman, Congresswoman Mary Miller, who will be calling in shortly, uh, just to discuss what's happening in D.C. You know, she's, one of the things that's really near and dear to her heart is education. And she's been really going after uh, the Biden's, um, Biden's pick for Secretary of Education. So we're going to discuss those things with her. Uh, we're going we're to have Darren Bailey's going to be calling in, uh, Paul Vallis. And uh, oh, and and a treat for you guys. The end of the show. I wanted to end the show on on a really good, positive note. We're gonna have Pastor Corey Brooks, who's sitting up on right now, right now, I'm sure, on the rooftop, cold, uh, raising money to build a community center. What do you think about that? Yeah, I told him he came on my show a few weeks ago, and I told him that I would spend the evening up there. So what I'm doing is I'm paying very close attention to the weather. Yeah, I'm gonna try oh. and try and find the warmest night. <laughs> That's probably. That's that's that sounds great. Yeah. I think because I'm I'm gonna head up there with him too, and I don't know uh, what date yet. I don't want to be there when it's like 12 degrees. Yeah, I'm gonna the, wait for a, a warmer night. We don't want the polar vortex to come creeping up, and it'll be too cold there. Uh, so what's the latest, Mark? I mean, what's it, is is the world still going mad? The world is. I mean, it it's crazy. I mean, and vaccine passports and all that now. It, it's unbelievable the the level of control that. The Democrats, in particular, want over our everyday lives. Yeah. We, we've never seen anything like this. I think in American history. Correct. In fact, we our country was founded right against yeah. fighting the King of England. We yes. wanted our own independence. Yes. We wanted our own freedom. Yeah. And I think we're going back to those days a couple hundred years ago. And we need a, a revolution of some sort. And I think it was Captain D that Captain called D. a couple days ago in the last show, and he was right. We need a revival. Yeah. And as someone who has, who's a Christian 
yeah. uh, my religious beliefs are very important yeah. to me. I, I think he's right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, John, I pray for our country as often as I can, even our elected officials, yes. even all for Biden, them. all of them. I pray for Governor Pritzker. Yeah. I pray for Lightfoot. I pray for Biden and Kamala Harris because I think it's important because I don't want our country to be ruined. I want yeah. I want to root for the success of our country, regardless who's in office. Yeah. And it's but it's tough. It's really hard. It's 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 beyond tough. And what one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Congresswoman Mary Miller on the show was because I think it does. I think it I think a lot of this creeped in through our educational system. I think the indoctrination that happens in, in our educational system, uh, and then you have the you know the television, you have you have entertainment, movies, and, and music, and I think I think it, it almost appears like somebody was behind the strings, you know, dangling and, 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 and forming all this to happen to the and to where we reached a day where Americans would so easily and readily just say, "Here are my rights. I know my rights," or some of them do. These are the rights, and I I want to give them back to you, government. Uh, I, I and and I I just I it, it Mark it behooves me. I don't I I'm lost for words at times to see and understand and watch how people so easily give up their rights. You know how Mark? How do we get to this point in American history? It's like that boiling the frog scenario, right? When you go in the water, the water's just fine, but they turn the temperature up and slowly over time, and before you realize it, it's too late. But hopefully all of us, we continue to make noise and stand up and utilize our platforms so that it's not too late. And I don't think it is. But as I always say, there's strength in numbers. When we stand up, they stand down. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that the congresswoman is, join, is joining us. Um, she's the uh, congresswoman from the 15th District of Illinois. Uh, that's going to change. But... Uh, she serves on the Agriculture Committee, the Education and Labor Committee. Uh, she's a proud member of the House Freedom Caucus. Um, that means she's a fighter. That means she's going after the swamp. That means she wants to make sure the swamp uh, and, and, and people who, are, who have attributed to uh, indoctrination to our education system are gone and no longer serving uh, in the halls of Congress. Congresswoman Mary Miller, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Why, thank you for having me. Well, you know, it's always a treat. Every time I, I, I get get the opportunity to hang out with you, uh, I, I'm always learning yeah. something new. Uh, but, you know, you know, I know you have been going right after um, Joe Biden's pick for the, um, the Department of Education. What what craziness are they trying to bring forth from D.C. and, and make it and, and force, you know, parents into, you know, what they're trying to do in, in D.C.? It, it, it sounds so crazy, but. What's happening in D.C.? Because we already know what's happening in Illinois. We know the sex education well, bill, the, the, the abortion bill and all that, those things. You think that will make its way to D.C.? Well, I tell people if they can, they will. And I believe God is appalled at what we are um, planning and actually teaching children today in our public schools. Um, the The... The Democrats that are pushing this, the people involved in the teachers' union, they are aggressively hostile to parents. They demean the core values of our nation, and their goal is to transform our country, and they know that they need to go after the children, the minds of the children. And you can bias things two ways. You can 
bias information by what you include, and you can bias it by what you choose not to include. And people should be very concerned. I have had a back and forth with the education secretary. He sent a memo out to all uh, schools in our country, which schools then will implement policies based, you know, on things like, you know, what the education secretary sends out and basically pass the blame on to him. But he sent out a memo saying that anybody, a teacher or student that says that there's two genders is guilty of harassment, which means, you know, a student can be disciplined, a teacher can be fired for that. Um, so my question to him is, if there aren't two genders, how many are there? Which right. he has refused to answer me. But that's only one of many interactions I've had. I know I offered an amendment um, not too long ago where um, if schools are vaccinating children without parental consent, that they lose their federal funding. And I kid you not, they actually said that parents don't know what's best for oh. their children. Yeah, we, we had we had a school board member here in out here in Kendall County, where I live, um, basically said the the, the exact um, same thing. Uh, what are you hearing about what's what's happening in D.C. about just all these tyrannical dictators, uh, especially in blue states, um, the, the the decisions they're making, you know, shutting down schools. You think that we're going to be shutting down schools again? And if so, is is there a federal response for what's happening? Yeah. Well, first of all. Um I, I want to say that the American people need to rise up. We need people that are going to be tough and they're going to fight for the future of our country and for our children. Um, I think if they can, they will try to shut schools down again. I mean, the teachers union has been pushing this from day one with the uh, COVID as an excuse. They've been lobbying for schools to close and stay closed. And which is, there's so many issues involved there. Number one, parents need the schools to be open so they can work. Yes. So getting parents back to work. Number two, we know remote learning has failed children. It's widening the achievement gap. Um, We're failing academically. We spend more money per student than any nation in the world, and we are failing. Um, We've got mental health issues that I think, um, you know, in the months and years to come, this the, the devastating effects of shutting school down and not allowing kids to have consistency there, that that will unfold and we are all going to be horrified. And I remember not long after the whole COVID, um, you know, we're just going to have a few days to slow the spread lie yeah. was perpetrated. China's kids were already back in school. And, you know, this is ridiculous. This would be the fourth year that our kids would be out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Congresswoman, listen, uh, I know what you're saying. Um, you know, I've said this. I was just on the show here, the Sean Thompson show on Tuesday, and I talked about my son's suicide. Um, my, my 18-year-old son committed suicide back in November 7th, and a lot of it had to do, some of it had to do with the shutdowns. And I, 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 thinking back and the conversations I had with my son, he shifted when the schools were when when the kids were at home and on lockdown. Uh, he wasn't able to go to basketball practice. wasn't able to be around his friends. He could only see his friends through the screen. Um, I really hope that there's something coming. And um, Mark Vargas, who's sitting in with me, 
uh, if when the Republicans take over, I'm not going to say if, when the Republicans take over, I really hope uh, investigations are launched uh, into some of these decisions that were made, especially because we're having more kids who are dying from suicide than are dying from COVID. And that's a problem. Yes, and I, I do want to say that you've been in our prayers and our heart breaks for you. And um, I, we actually recognize the same thing because uh, a couple years ago, we would have had a senior and a sophomore in high school, and they were so down in the dumps and discouraged. Um, my son had just bought his baseball shoes, and the next day the season was canceled. Homecomings or uh, prom was canceled. Uh, uh, graduation was canceled. And they, you know, the stores were closed. There wasn't any place to go. And I know there were some teenagers playing basketball at an outdoor um uh, basketball court next to our pool, kind of by our park. Wow! And someone called the police on them. Wow! I mean, this is here. I mean, that's a healthy thing to do to be out playing basketball with your friends in the fresh air and sunshine. But not only do they want to shut the schools, they want to shut or or yes. send the kids home from public school and go remote. They also want to shut down charter schools. They want to abolish school choice. They yes. want to abolish standardized testing. They won't look at the data that children are not at risk. Yeah. And, 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 and Congress, they Congresswoman, are not about children first. Yeah. Congresswoman, I want to hold you over for the break uh, because I, I really sure. want to start. I want to discuss the Build Back Better and what's happening. And I'm, I'm huh. hearing that uh, Senator Mitt Romney may be the, the senator that saves the day. I mean, I, you, you just can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Congresswoman Mary Miller from the 15th Congressional District. You're listening to The Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony. He's Mark Vargas. Uh, we'll be right back. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Wake me up before you go, go. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony, host of the hit Saturday show, Black and White Radio, heard Saturdays from 1 to 3. He is Mark Vargas, host of the hit Sunday night show, Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, held every Sunday night from 7 to 9. I always, it's just, it seems like so long. It's right? a mouthful, man. It is. We're like, uh, we should get the six-man award for the weekend. Let's do it. The Black and Brown Connection, baby. Uh, before the break, we were speaking with uh, Congresswoman Mary Miller from the 15th Congressional District. Uh, Congresswoman, I, b- before I talk about Build Back Better, I want to talk about something that that's I just um, on Tuesday's show. I brought on I brought on an attorney who's representing a Chicago guy who was caught up with the January 6th uh, fake insurrection. Um, I keep saying if they, they really want to see an insurrection, go see what happened in, in, in Afghanistan. But I, I know you and um, Mar- Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene have been really somebody. You guys have been really pounding the, the gavel about what's happening with those people. Is there any update to um, um, what's what's happening with them? Are they going to start releasing some of these people? I don't really know anything about that. And a couple, I mean, about people being released. Um, I do know that a couple members got in there and... The conditions are horrible, not just for the January 6th people, but anybody that is in there. And um, that warden needs to step down. She's she's out of line. She can't do her job without being political. But the very sad thing that there were Republicans that betrayed 
the voters who sent them to D.C. by voting for that January 6th commission and for infrastructure. Uh, there were 13 Republicans that voted for infrastructure, and 10 of them are in leadership. Wow. And they're traitors. Wow. What, what's, what's the latest on the Build Back Better? Um, as I said before the break, um, I, I read an article, uh, I believe it was from The Atlantic, that discussed that uh, Senator Pierre Delect, I mean uh, Mitt Romney, <laughs> who was, was going to be the savior of the day for the, the Biden administration uh, because of what uh, Senator Joe Manchin, you know, his, his outright refusal to bring tyranny, even more tyranny, to our, our shores. Uh, what's the latest with yeah, the Build well, Back Better? Well, I do want to say that I don't think we can count on Joe Manchin or Mick, Mitt Romney to block that agenda. But we need tough Republicans who are willing to fight. And I've told people that um, I've noticed when I'm out in D.C., I think I, I like alliteration. Yeah. Uh, but I, these are, this is what I would say I've noticed in D.C. This is what everything's about. Pride, profit, mm. power, and population control. That's it. And um, I don't know. We need Republicans that are willing to stand up and not cave. I, 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 I tell people Democrats are, are going to have their agenda and do whatever. But the thing that upsets me the most is when Republicans pave the way for them. Amen. Amen. I, I, I have a, a brand I'm coming out with called uh, Confessions of a Frustrated Republican. I'm, I'm so frustrated uh, seeing what the Republicans are doing. And not fighting. I mean, you, we have a handful of yeah. Republicans that are that are out there, like really putting their necks on the line, not caring about winning the next election. And it, it's it, it, it I mean, it's it's insane just to watch them and do yeah. what they're doing. Congresswoman Smart. Well, I can tell you, I will fight Biden every step of the way, even when the media attacks me. And I belong to the Freedom Caucus and they are a group of fighters also. Yeah. And they're the ones that the media goes after. They just lie. And I would just encourage people to find organizations like um, uh, that, that score votes, um, you know, some of the gun organizations yeah. or Heritage Foundation, Club for Growth, where they score votes and they can see what their representatives are actually pushing when they get out there. Talk is very cheap. Yeah, the vote is what, what matters. Congressman, it's Mark Vargas. And it's interesting that in Washington, I mean, Pelosi and Schumer are just failing as Democratic leaders in both the House and the Senate. President Biden's legislative agenda has been going down in flames. Mm-hmm. Republicans are in, in a unique position to really lead our country out of this disaster that's been created so quickly in just a short amount of time. I mean, Biden hasn't even been in office for a year, and we can see that we've gone backwards on so many different fronts from Afghanistan foreign policy to the pandemic. So, Mike question to you is, is the Republican Party under um, Kevin McCarthy's leadership, are they ready to take control of power here uh, uh, after the midterms? Well, I hope so, or I'm going to just <laughs> blow a gasket out there. I mean, the Democrats are so out of touch with Americans. This, the, they, they're pushing this. It is literally nothing but Americans last. And the Republicans need to fight harder to speak up and stick together. I mean, even the 10 Republicans that are in leadership that voted for infrastructure, I think, should lose their leadership position. I mean, that's how you lead. (laughs) But 
um, and it's like things are disappearing topics like why are people not talking every day still? Where's the media about Afghanistan? Right. No one has resigned and no one's been fired. Right. And we are just yeah. still giving those people in charge more money. Yeah, they're in the pocket of, of the Biden administration. Well, Congresswoman, Congresswoman Mary Miller, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, I got to have you back on my show, Black and Right, um, and so we can discuss a little bit more, a lot of this stuff in more detail, because until, until Republicans are, are willing to fight back, um, it means nothing. It's, it's simply, I mean, we, our, our countries will go to ruins. Well, I want to encourage regular people like you and me to get off the sidelines and run for school board, yeah. run for office, help someone else run for those offices. Yeah. And um, really, really quickly, you know, be a poll watcher or something. Go do something. Yeah. Really quickly. You wanted to talk about an officer that was killed in your district. I did. We. Oh my gosh! I've just been so upset. Such a tragedy. Um, we had an officer, it's Deputy Sheriff Sean Riley. He's a young, a young man with a family. He responded to a motorist in distress and was shot in the head. Oh, and it is geez. absolutely terrible. Uh, our and heart goes out just, to his family. We're grieving, and I, you know, I just think we should bring back the death penalty for. Anybody that shoots a police officer. I agree. Hey, I had a bill like that when I was served in the General Assembly. Uh, Congresswoman Mary Miller, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You are always the best, and I can't wait to come back down and hang out with you guys. Uh, Okay, well, thank you so much. All right, listen to the Sean Thompson Show. We'll be right back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show. At AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony, host of Black and Right Radio, heard on these airways every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. And I'm so happy that my friend Mark Vargas, host of Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m., is in studio joining me. You John, good? John, man, it's good to be with you, brother. It's always good to be with you. You know, especially, you know, you you always provide dinner at McDonald's, so that always works. <laughs> That's right. But now we're going to need a, a vaccine passport for me to take you to dinner at McDonald's. Uh, speaking of vaccine, that's that's why one of the reasons why I, I saw the Illinois Review article. Um, and I wanted I, I called uh, Jose and I said, hey, I got to get State Senator Darren Bailey into the studio or, or have him call at least. Um, because uh, if we allow this to pass, I mean, and, and no, and nothing, and, and it passes, and and it, it becomes the law of the land. Because I personally think we we have such a regressive um, general assembly. Uh, a reg- I don't think Prisker himself is regressive, but he, I think he understands how to play the game. I think he he's quickly learned how to play the game of Illinois politics, and they all have to be stopped. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if there's a Republican the same, I'm listen, Mark, I, I told you yesterday, or Tuesday, this is where we, this is not about Democrat, Republican. This is not about this is not about any of this is simple freedom against tyranny, freedom versus tyranny. You choose, pick your side and the battle. The battle lines have been drawn and you have to pick a side. Joining us to, to discuss more of this is State Senator Darren Bailey from the 55th Senatorial District. Uh, Darren Bailey, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Hey, God bless you, friends, and thank you so much for what the two of you do, just 
getting uh, getting the voice of freedom out there across this state. So yeah. it's going to take a, a lot of us working together. And I'm going to tell you something. Messaging is the way to do it. People forget easily. Yep. We've got to keep this in front of them and, and, and make sure they understand that uh, there are options and it does not have to be this way because I can attest to the simple fact that the people all across this state, even up in the wonderful city of Chicago, don't want this. This is a, a business uh, destroyer, a small business destroyer is all this is. I agree. And, Senator, before we get into the vaccine passport, what is your take on the federal appellate court panel uh, basically saying that the, it, it's uh, constitutional, the, the new legislative maps. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, gosh, I, I heard you at the end of the uh, Congresswoman Miller's um, uh, interview about uh, about Republicans fighting. And, you know, there's an old adage that Democrats fight till they win and, Demo- and the Republicans fight until they lose. And and I think it's terribly, I think it's terribly disappointing. I don't know, uh, I, 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 you know, I don't know for sure the inner workings of that. It's very frustrating. I know there were some options and some possibilities, and and if the court uh, seriously uh, ignored uh, the possibilities and the options that they asked for, uh, it's a shameful day in the in, in the state of Illinois and, and even across this land. But the bottom line is still the same, and that's what the Congresswoman Miller ended with. Uh, people's going to have to get involved. We, the people, are going to have to re-engage in this constitutional republic. And when we sit idly by and elect these dud judges that don't understand or care about freedom and the Constitution, then we're going to suffer these kind of consequences. Hey, hey Senator, it sounds like you've been hanging out with Mark Vargas with these one-liners now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about you guys. That's right. S- Senator, it's Mark here. You know, the vaccine passports, this code program, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was an invasion of privacy. I w- wanted to get your thoughts on that. There is nothing right about this, period. Um, you know, business, uh, churches, schools, whatever, local units of government, uh, they indeed have the, in my opinion, they, they would have the right uh, to do what uh, they potentially wanted to do within their own business. Uh, you know, these the school boards can, can make decisions, but uh, whenever we, uh, whenever state and federal government steps in and, and usurps local control, uh, then we've got a problem. I mean, everything, absolutely everything is wrong about this. You know, I, uh, I, I love the quote that I read um, yesterday from a quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and uh, you know, he, he said something to the tune of, uh, uh, you know, when you can no longer uh, question, uh, you know, the, the, the science, uh, then, then essentially uh, we, we, we're losing our freedoms. You know, we're, we're giving things up. Something's wrong. We, we are an uninformed people when we can't, uh, uh, you know, question uh, even what's taking place now, even these uh, rulings and even these uh, what the city of Chicago is doing. And, and um, I, I cannot imagine that the state of Illinois uh, would come in and uh, pass such a law. I, I would be shocked to see that happen. There will be a lot of talk about it, but uh, – uh, we we the people need to be ready for uh, you know we need to be ready to stand against this uh, if indeed this does take place, Senator. You know Joe Biden has essentially washed his hands, even though he campaigned that he would have a plan for defeating COVID. He's really kind of putting this on the, the responsibility of the states. And Governor Pritzker is talking about you know Omicron and Delta are coming to your New Year's Eve party. This fear mongering again. What are your thoughts on just sort of a plan as governor to really? bring an end to this pandemic and, and, and put an end to this fear mongering that these democratic leaders are, are, uh, uh, are doing to the people here. 
Well, absolutely, because it's interesting that Illinois is indeed one of the most locked down states in the nation, yet yet uh, you know we, we still seem to be struggling with what they're calling you know in increased cases and and it's interesting when you look at all, many of the other states that uh, you know have have been open have stayed open and and pushed back against some of this nonsense and let the people decide that uh, you know things are relatively under control i know in my district uh, listening to this nonsense about uh, uh, you know, COVID beds and, and ICU units being full of COVID, it's, it's wrong. I can tell you that since day one as a representative and now as a senator, when we would uh, be on calls with Dr. Ezekiel and, and, and uh, Governor Pritzker, and we were told that uh, about this proof, about this fact, about this data they had, you know, to suggest that we do need to be uh, closing and restricting. I, along with the, my counterparts on the other side of the aisle, every time asked, about uh, hey, please send us the data. We were told, and that's kind of the that's kind of the good old legislative answer. We will get that to you. I can tell you that no one has ever seen any of this data that Governor Pritzker or Dr. Zika uh, suggested that they have ever had. So government educates and informs. We are always working for solutions, and and we have a you know that's where we empower the people of our Illinois Department of Public Health. We empower the, the good hardworking people of our county health department. And, uh, and they educate and inform the people. But it is the people that make the final decision. It Amen. is the business that decides if they want the people coming into their business to be masked, to be vaccinated, to be whatever. Uh, I personally, uh, a vaccine mandate is as unconstitutional as it gets because that Amen. being vaccinated is between you and your doctor. When you, uh, when you infringe on this privacy of your personal health, uh, you know, my answer is always going to be when someone asks me if I've been ba- vaccinated, it's none of your business. That's yeah. right. So that's, that's how I feel about that. If you're just joining the show, we're talking with State Senator Darren Bailey. Uh, Senator, uh, I want to shift it a bit. I want to shift it to crime because uh, I, th- I think that's that's going to be a huge issue as well in this upcoming election. I think when you see what's happened in the Oak Brook, the last, last two shootings that have happened in Oak Brook, it's coming to the suburbs. I'm looking at, hey, Jack, I don't know if I can say the word. I guess I can. Hey, jackass.com. Year to date, yeah. there have been 791 people shot and killed. There have been 3,730 people shot and wounded. A total people shot, 4,521, with 841 of those being homicides. I know you were on the roof with uh, Pastor Corey Brooks, and there was a shooting just right out. What's going to be done? What, what will the Bailey administration do to combat this? Absolutely. Well, the Bailey administration, first and foremost, uh, in the early days working through the rule process and then educating the people to get them to wake their legislators up, will begin to, uh, uh, you know, reinstill uh, integrity to law enforcement. We will begin to re-empower law enforcement. So, you know, people will be proud to be a police officer again so that people, that these, these wonderful men and women of law enforcement will be able to, you know, do what they need to do to, to apprehend and to take care of, of these bad guys. And then uh, essentially, again, uh, one of the things that I'm, uh, as I go out and I meet people, I tell them, friends, you have got to start paying attention to these judges that, that, are, that are on the board for retention, these judges who, uh, who are running for office. We have got to, number one, we have got to understand uh, who these people are and what they stand for and what they represent. And, 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 and number two, you know, they owe us the, the obligation of telling us. And yeah. so if you go to show up to these ballots, uh, these polls, and, and to vote for someone and you've never heard of them, by all means, Please vote no and, and, and to get our courts to, to make sure that the punishment fits the crime. I mean, good grief in the state of Illinois, it, it, you know, prison, these, 
criminals have more rights than yeah. the people do. Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. And that all happened in the last year and a half. So, And it's very easy to point the finger as to, to who is responsible for that. And yet our governor and the mayor of Chicago continue to stand up and, and, and suggest that uh, these are good ideas and maybe we even need to do more. And, and uh, so, so, you know, here yet today, the uh, officer was uh, uh, slaying yeah. in uh, Kankakee yeah. yesterday in my just Clay, Wayne County, the next county I farm in Wayne County. And, uh, and this, is, this is sickening. Hey, and it, uh, these people, it's just kind of like being a parent. You know, when you, when you lay down the law and, and you have uh, uh, discipline, uh, then, then your child, yeah. you know, usually straightens up. And that's what's going on at a, and Senator, at a much and Senator, larger, uh, uh, deathly level. I don't know if you know it, but John Cabello, former representative John Cabello and I, we we reintroduced the the death penalty, but we kind of we didn't we didn't not just for everybody. It was for cop killers. If you hurt or harmed kids, um, is 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 there anybody going to think about reintroducing that piece of legislation in Springfield in the in the coming days, months, weeks? Well, years? I think we're going to we're going to have to look at it, consider everything. Yes, I uh, I am currently drafting a bill that would. Uh, uh, would mean a, a simply absolutely zero no parole yeah. uh, for anyone who would yeah. for any cop killer yeah. and uh, so so yeah I, I I am certainly not uh, opposed uh, to reengaging in that and and you know talking with many people uh, uh, judges and and other uh, people across this state to find out what we can do to make sure that yeah. uh, you know when it's when it's obvious. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, well, we're going well, to have to do something to make the punishment fit the crime. Well, Stace, uh, Senator Bailey, that's all we have. But I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm also going to, you know, in the new year, I want you to come on Black and Right because um, I, I think I, 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 your, your voice needs to be out there, and I want to make sure that that voice is out there. So, State Senator Dan Bailey, um, candidate for Illinois governor, thanks so much for joining the Sean Thompson Show today. Happy New Year. God Happy bless new year. you, and God bless the state of Illinois. Right. Thank you. You're listening to the Sean Thompson Show. We'll be right back. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. Dum, dum, dum. Whoa. For the longest, for the longest time. Whoa. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony. Filling in for Sean Thompson. My good friend Mark Vargas is in the studio, host of Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday, 7 and 9. I'm, I'm going to go to phone lines real quick. Nick, you got 30 seconds, but I wanted to take your call. Um, Nick, okay. welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Yeah, yeah. Hey, two guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, I guess it takes two really outstanding people filling uh, for Sean because he's an outstanding guy. <laughs> he yeah, really is. I was going to say with these, this coronavirus, since the beginning, there's, it's a serious disease. I've always said that, but yeah. there's a lot of politics. Even just between Democrats and Republicans legitimately watching the neighboring states, who's doing what? i got to do more. You know, it's like... Uh, if you ever seen businesses that are almost across the street from each other competing, you know, though with different companies, and they're always putting up new signs about my price is this, and the other guy puts on something a little bit cheaper, you know. Yeah. So there, it, there's always something going on. So other than that, hey, you, you both your shows are great. Remind people of the times. Yeah. Uh, and the days of both of your shows because both of your shows are really great. I, I listen I to them. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Nick. Okay. I really appreciate it. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to be talking with former superintendent. Paul Vallis. Paul Vallis. Paul's going to be talking about Chicago crime, the loss of manpower, all sorts of things. Yeah. Don't want to miss it. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Well, this is not Sean Thompson. It's John Anthony, host of Black and White Radio, heard every Saturday from 1 to 3. I'm joined by my good friend, Mark Vargas, host of Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday from 7 to 9. Mark, you know, I, I really want to I want to get into some speculation about 2024, Trump, and uh, all things Trump, you know, until, we, until um, Paul Vallis joins us um, in the third segment. Um, I think there's a lot that needs to be, I think, to be unpacked. And I, and I love your analysis and what you think is going to happen. But before we get to that, let's go to the phone lines. Joe, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, my comment for you is uh, I grew up right by Oprah Mall. I grew up in Yorkfield, right by Rosie Ellison, uh, South Elmhurst. I went to York High School. Oh, wow. Um, it was such a sterile environment, you know. I mean, the uh, DuPage County Sheriff uh, was always on top of things. Um, the upper cops, Elmhurst cops, oh, my goodness, yeah. uh, Westchester. Uh, these were two known gangbangers yeah. that were firing yeah. at each other, you know. I mean, and I'm not going to blame the cops. There were a hundred squad cars uh, on the response of this thing. But, um, you know, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's it's, it's, (laughs) guess what? I'll tell you what's happening. What's happening in Chicago is creeping out throughout the rest of Illinois. I think I think a lot happened. Joe, I think a lot Uh, what's uh, happening. uh, Hey, Joe, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think a lot what's happening is when you look at some of the legislation, some of the policy that's been passed within the last year or two down in Springfield, it's, it's given the mm. criminal, you know, a new lease on life in my opinion, because now they know that there's really no, 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 there's no accountability for what they're doing. And they know that it's going to be mm. just a slap on the hand. I mean, we, we have a lot of people. I forget the number. I think it's like 70 people who've had, who've used a gun or shot a gun that were put on, on uh, that were released from prison. And now, and then they recommitted another criminal uh, offense. That's what's happening. That's what's wrong with, with what's happening in not just Illinois. This is throughout the entirety of America. Copy. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming. Uh, yeah. These are all all good. I mean, just you know, hardworking people areas. Yeah. From Westchester to uh, Elmhurst yes. to Oakbrook, and uh, you know, I guess they they're gonna have to crack down on this. I don't know. Yeah. Madness, you know, but uh, like yeah. I said, I grew up there, and it's uh, yeah. well, Joe. Insane. Thanks so much for calling. We got to go to the next call. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it, uh, Mike. Welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. John, Mark. Good hey. afternoon. Hey, hey. hey uh, when you were a legislator, you talked about uh, trying to get legislation for reintroducing the death penalty. But as I see, you really believe Illinois and the society we have today is going to go ahead and be more stringent on criminals that just don't really have anything to offer society. Because many people that we see, I mean, unfortunately, 
cases that we get thrown at us are federal cases, especially those January 6th people, we see more prosecutors out there that are willing to go ahead and go after the normal people yeah. harder than the, well, these criminals. And that's where we're having a failure. Right. And I, I personally don't see Illinois moving towards going after people that don't really have much to offer society and going after them more. And then, you know, as you said, your third segment, Trump's running in 2024. And there's your answer. <laughs> I'll let you guys answer it. Bye. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> you know, John, it's interesting. In August, the Chicago Sun-Times wrote about this, and it's interesting, and this goes to the caller's uh, points, is that this was in August. Over 1,000 victims in Chicago, two convictions. Two. 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 Uh, so we've, like we've, one, two. we've victimized the criminals and criminalized yeah. the victims. Yes. And that's what happens. Yes. A thousand victims, 126 dead, only two convictions. Wow. That means that means the state's attorney office of Cook County is not doing their job. So we're seeing the crime move from south and west sides of Chicago up north and now into the western suburbs. Yeah. So, Mark, tell me. Trump, 2024. You think he runs? Now, you, you and I, we had a discussion about this. You have an interesting pick that you believe is going to be his VP uh, candidate. And, and discuss that. Let's lay that out. Sure. I mean, well, there's a lot of, you know, everybody knows that I've spent, I spend time at Mar-a-Lago and at Trump properties relaxing. <laughs> and, you know, what happened in Afghanistan? I mean, for our listeners, you know, I was never served in the military, but I was a civilian on the personal staff of the Secretary of Defense yeah. and deployed to Baghdad 14 times during combat from 2007 to 2010 as a civilian. And so foreign policy is very important to me. I cut my teeth in U.S. foreign policy, particularly in the Middle East. What happened in Afghanistan was so tragic that I think that's what pushed President Trump over the line to finally make the decision. Now, we've heard a lot of rumblings, and the president will never – President Trump will never confirm this until after the midterms. But I think he's running, and my my gut tells me 12 years in national politics in Washington – that Mike Pompeo is going to be his running mate. You mean you mean skinny Mike Pompeo? Mike Pompeo, now? and here's for for everybody for their situational awareness. Pompeo is an impressive guy. He graduated first in his class at West Point, and he earned his JD from Harvard. Wow. So this is this is no dummy. He was a congressman from Kansas, CIA director, Secretary of State. He's got relationships with every world leader and head of state around the world, and he's lost about seventy five. Pounds, and that's not accidental. He's very closely aligned with the pres- with President Trump. He's not losing weight because he thinks he's going to run for president. I think he's losing weight because he's going to be President Trump's vice presidential. And I didn't even recognize him. He he looks he looks totally. It doesn't even look like the same. No, he's changed secretary. his wardrobe. He's got new suits. He's got a tan. Yeah, he's lost. Well, he's making least, a lot of money. At least seventy. Well, that makes that helps too. <laughs> he's lost at least seventy five pounds, maybe yeah. even more. Yeah. That's because why? Yeah. Uh, Look for him next to Trump here coming up after 2024. I, I personally, I think that that would be an, I, as much as I love Governor DeSantis. Um, and I know a lot of people say there's a constitutional issue. I, I've talked to Congress. I mean, um, David Shostokis and a couple of other constitutional attorneys say, well, that could still happen. You know, the, the problem becomes if there's an issue in Florida, that becomes the problem. But uh, Mike Pompeo is a very interesting choice. Yeah, he's super impressive. And again, Talk about making America safe again. Yeah. You can do that with the Trump Pompeo ticket. You really can't. And I think I think Trump will will listen to him a lot more because you know 
I I know I know he had he he liked Pence, but I don't think he trusted Pence. I think he trusts the Pompeo. president trusted very little yeah. in the White House. So right. that's why Jared Jared and Ivanka were there. Yeah. Because he he didn't trust anybody and he needed he needed a sounding board. Yeah. But it'll be interesting. Yeah. But that that's my pick. Trump Pompeo twenty four. I love that pick. You know, it kind of reminds me and and I don't I don't say this lightly, the one of the reasons why Bush picked Cheney. Right. Because he needed somebody that really understood how DC and Pompeo understands how DC works too. Uh, Pence not so much. In my opinion, well, Pence was a congressman. Pompeo, right. yeah, Pence. I mean, Pence knew how Washington, he knew it. He knew how Washington worked, but 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 Pompeo is a really strong candidate. And can you imagine a West Point guy and former Ooh. CIA agent? Do you think he's going to be soft on crime in our no. major cities? No, no, not at all, not at all. And, and and he's a fighter. He's a he's a true conservative too. I think that really helps uh, President Donald Trump. Hey, you listening to the Sean Thompson Show? I'm John Anthony. He's Mark Vargas. Hey, why are you listening? Go ahead and share the link. Um, let us know how we're doing. Give us a call, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony filling in for Sean Thompson alongside Mark Vargas, host of Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. You know, we were discussing right before the break the Pompeo pick. Um, I'm still a huge fan of of a of a Trump DeSantis ticket because it's too Florida. You think so? Yeah. I think I but I but I believe DeSantis will be the next president should Trump. But but here's my question though, Mark. Do you you know, even if Trump wins, I mean runs, have we done enough with the election integrity issues um for a Trump win in 2024? Well, there's always gonna, I mean, there's always going to be that. And for example, in California, I don't know if you're aware of this, John, but the California legislature, surprise, surprise, passed this in time for the special election between Larry Elder and Gavin Newsom, a print your own mail-in yeah. ballot from home program. Yeah. Oh, that works. I mean, I mean, that that looks safe. Oh, it's, it's beyond safe. What are you talking right? about? That's 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 how you win elections. And so I fear that other Democratic-controlled states, Illinois, like Illinois who likes to mimic what happens in California and other places, New York City, for example, Mayor Lightfoot's copying what de Blasio did in New York City with the passports and, yeah. and vaccine status before you enter a restaurant or gym or any that's other the, place. That's the axis of evil, in my opinion, New York, California, and uh, Illinois. They're, they're the axis of evil because they're all mimicking each other. They're all seeing how far far left that they can become in, in their, the passage of their policies, right? And, and we know they're not going to check Pritzker's pat. Pa- uh, vaccine passport at a gym because the guy's never even been to a gym. Oh, I'm too fat. <laughs> oh my god! Let's go back to the phone lines. Susan from Highland Park, welcome to the Sean Thompson uh, Show. Hi there, guys. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, I just um, to to play along the access of evil line today. I had some interesting times today with a city manager in the city that I reside in. Now, I unfortunately have a medical condition that disqualifies me from vaccination diagnosed from a doctor who is at a fine institution in Chicago. And I teed this concept up with the city manager about the um, lack of equal access that I would have. Even showing my medical exemption, they were requiring a 24-hour PCR. And I told them that is unworkable. You can't get PCRs in 24 hours. 
So I said, you were walking on a slippery slope. And, you know, she did take concern notice on what I had stated. They're not concerned. But I, not, I've these got to tell you. Despots are not concerned. These are wicked people. They cannot prove that a vaccinated person is carrying less viral load. Right. They cannot prove it. They will never prove it. But they don't care. Yet, That's the Wait, 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 Susan. They don't care. Exactly. They don't care. They, they they'll continue to make these dictatorial decisions uh, until 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 somebody continues. Because every time we fight back, every time somebody fights back, we win. But people are guess what? Don't take no for an answer. None of their business. You you have you have a valid reason of why. Shut up. And I'm not telling you to shut up, Susan. But right. them shut up. That's the conversation is over. That's what we got to get to. I'm sorry. We really have to get That's to that good. point. On the flip side, I called a restaurant in town, and I explained what was going on. And it's the restaurants that feel like they're being abused by being the police. Right. And sadly, they're so dumb in this town to not understand it's adjacent to a town filled with restaurants. Yeah. So they will lose business. Oh, they are. They don't. But again, they don't care. So, Susan, thanks so much for calling. I appreciate you. And keep fighting. Don't take no for an answer and tell them it's none of their business that's what i'll I'll leave you with that uh let's go to john from elmhurst john welcome to the sean hey hey john hey you know what i've heard you on your saturday show and i heard you on and i I just wanted to call because i I thought you know tell you what a great job you're doing thank you and um just appreciate that and and uh but just generally you know i'm I'm from the south side of chicago i actually live in elmhurst now but um uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of, of African-American friends, and, and um, black. I wanted to ask black. you about black. Just call them growing... black. Hey, call them black. We, black. we, we ain't black. from you Africa. What? I, I'm sorry I do that, you know, I, you know but because when I, when I do that to them, they, all, they always you know, laugh at I'm me. I'm not but, from Africa. I'm but, from America. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, you know, I just want to, you know, and I'm starting to see some of their attitudes changing a little bit. But I just want to ask you in general, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of out there in the front and just what you think about the growing conservative movement yeah. amongst blacks. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. I mean, I, I have probably more problem with my, with my white friends now than, you know, as far as politics than, than hey John, black friends. Hey, John, so. let, me tell you, let me tell you what I feel about that. And, and no one's talking about this. And I'm going to be talking about this a lot more in the coming year. Right now, as it stands, the Republican Party has three people who are black that are on a ticket. You have an all-black ticket in Max Solomon and, La- and Latasha Fields. Darren Bailey picked Stephanie Trussell. And if the rumors are true with Mayor Irving, they'll, you'll have for the first time ever, ever, in the state of Illinois, four black people running for elected office statewide. That's never happened before in, 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 the, in the state of Illinois. So you want to know what? People are waking up. People are flustered. They're frustrated. They're getting tired of being handed down the, you know, the old line of the, the, the Republicans don't care about you. All they care about is rich people. No, I think Donald Trump helped push that narrative out, out of the window, in, in my opinion, because he was the first one. What the hell do you have to lose? And I'm with Donald Trump. What, what? Black people are sick and tired of, 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 of being labeled just all of the, the, you know, it's all about them, the crime and all of these type of things. No, there's a, a lot of productive black people out here who are making moves, who are doing great things right here in the state of Illinois. But all the media wants to talk about is just the shootings. And no, there's a lot of productive people. We got this. I, I won't say the radio show, but you got You have a black woman that's on the radio 
in 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 Chicago on black radio in Chicago pushing out a conservative message. So they are waking up and they're getting tired. And I'm I've been tired. I'm 20 plus years into this this this, and I'm done and I'm tired. John, thanks so much for calling. I'm sorry, Mark. Keep going. I was about ready to pass the offer yeah. plate, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sick of it. Well, and for and for Hispanics as well, Latinos, right. and I'm I'm Latino, part Mexican, and you know I had the honor of working with President Trump and Jared Kushner in the White House on criminal justice reform. Yeah. And it was a man who was supposed to be a racist, Donald Trump, yeah. who reformed a very broken and racist criminal justice system, Correct. reversing the policies of what Michelle Alexander has called the new Jim Crow in America, the 1992 Clinton, Durbin, and, and Biden, Biden crime bill, Biden. which which accelerated mass incarceration for black men, black women. Yes. Latinos and yeah. put nonviolent first-time offenders behind bars for 30, 40, 50 oh, plus God. years. <laughs> People are flustered and frustrated. You know why? Because because now these decisions that these these mayors and these governors and these and the presidents and the vice president are making, these decisions are finally touching them at their core. And they and, and listen, forcing trying to force a black person to get a vaccination, yeah. They tried that before. How'd that work out? And, and, and I'm telling you, black people have never forgotten that. And they never will forget that, especially from the government. I, you know, dude, I'm, I'm sick. Listen, black people are waking up, I think, and I hope they wake up a little bit faster and realize that Democrat Party. And, and I'm not saying that the Republican Party is the savior of, of, of the black people. They're not. But if, if you can at least open up your mind and your idea, your mind to the conservative message. I'm not saying Democrat, Republican. Just the message of and, and really realize that it's, that it's free enterprise, Mark. You've been there. Free enterprise, you know, um, good quality education, not being run down by the school, these, these corrupt um, teachers unions, Mark. No, They're fighting back for the first time now. They are. As you know, I always say when we stand up, they stand down. We have to. Uh-oh. We're going to take another call. Yeah, let's go to Eduardo. Uh-oh. Eduardo, uh- you always call with some fire in your belly, too. Welcome to the oh, show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before I get on my uh, comment on the mayor, red alert, uh, my mother just got pushed outside because of the increase in COVID from her PCP office. She was oh. going to go in there for a test tomorrow and says, uh, sorry, we can't see you. We got uh, upsurge in COVID. Sorry. Oh, now really quickly, cool what's yeah. with the mayor? You got 30 seconds. What's with the mayor? Yeah, so... Keith Thornton, the dispatcher, oh. she lit up the mayor this week. Yes. About the crime. Yes. She doesn't care. Of course she doesn't. I mean, and the restaurant people should have known that that they were not going to get cut slack on the 40 days for implementing these. After she says to uh, the uh, shoppers, get your own security. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Keith, we, we try, I tried to get Keith on the show. He, he was working, so he couldn't come. But he is coming in, sitting in on January 8th uh, on, the, on Black and Right. Where he and I are going to do a two-hour show. Uh, and we're going to focus a lot on what's happening in Chicago, what's not happening in Chicago, and the failure of these elected officials um, in Chicago uh, with these very regressive, regressive policies that have that have just destroyed the city of Chicago, especially in the black and brown communities. So thank you, Eduardo. Appreciate it. Dude, I'm telling you, Mark, I'm sorry. I got a little bit on my sub- soapbox for a minute there. You know, that's near and dear to me, my heart, you know. Listen, uh, you haven't been on live radio in a while, man. You have all that pent-up energy. It's a lot of it. Hey, you listen to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony. He's Mark Vargas. We'll be right back. 
He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. That's better music now. It's better. That's better. That's much better, Mark. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony, filling in for Sean Thompson. I'm sure he's got one of those very expensive cigars somewhere down in sunny, what, Florida somewhere? or Naples. Naples. All right. Um, that voice you heard was host of the show Mark My Words with Mark Vargas. Mark Vargas. Mark. Heard every Sunday from 7 to 9. Mark My Words. It's good to be here with you. Mark My Words. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We came up with something else. I forgot what we... what. You and I, the joke, the inside joke you and I had. We're having a Joe Biden moment. We are. We really are. I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> hey, let's go with, let's go, let's clear the phone lines before we, we, we bring on the superintendent. Greg, thanks so much for patiently waiting. You, Greg? Oh, no problem. Oh. Um, I think, yeah, I think, um, I think this, 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 this ban in Cook County, the restaurants, I don't think it's going to take a lot of hold. As you get down the food chain and get away from more and more bureaucratic parts of, of the state governments, the people know. People that work in these restaurants know it's unenforceable. Yeah. And the police departments out here in the local western suburbs, they know they have bigger fish to fry, right. like the crime problem. They see what's going on in Oak Brook, and believe me, their antennae are up. Yeah. They're ready to go, yeah. and they know it's coming. Yeah, but, so Greg, but that's Greg, one thing. I don't think they're going to use the police. I think they're going to use the health departments. And they're going to go after the liquor licenses. I think that's the route that, that they'll probably try to take. Well, what they're gonna what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to selectively pick out places, and they're gonna have to root, they're gonna have to uh, rely on the Stasi, you know, the Karens yeah. and those people that read out the local places. Yeah. it may happen, but you know what? These people have to eat. Yeah. Hey, Greg. The other thing that wait, 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 I'm sorry, but we got we got um, our next guest on the line. I'm so sorry to have to. Cut oh, no you worries. Off. Go. But uh, thanks God so much for guys. calling, Sean. Happy Thompson. New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. And it's our privilege to welcome our guest on the line is the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools and former mayoral candidate, Paul Vallis. Paul, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. How are you? Fine, fine. Thanks for having me. Listen, you didn't need to cut me off. I would have more than happy. I've been more than happy to join that debate being a. Being someone who grew up in a Greek American restaurant household, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. I think they're going to be as effective enforcing that ordinance as they were enforcing the uh, the uh, corn, you know, the uh, uh, travel restrictions from other states. Remember, yeah. they would identify those those states that were on the like the uh, <laughs> it's like the no fly list. You know, if you're coming in from Indiana, you're supposed to quarantine, et cetera, et cetera. So, I just think that. A lot of this is the, uh, them trying to uh, divert attention from what the city's real issues are, and that's crime, that's failing schools, that's a budget that post-election is going to leave a massive financial crater, uh, you know, and, uh, and I think that this, this is just an opportunity for them to detract people from the real issues that the city's facing. Paul, you're absolutely right, and I want to just ask you right, right off the bat, you know, we know that the damage that's been done to our children during this pandemic of remote learning. And now we've learned that the Chicago Teachers Union is asking their membership if they, one, support a district-wide pause and a shift to remote learning. And secondly, whether they would be willing to participate in a city-wide work stoppage. As the former CEO of the Chicago Public Schools, Paul, your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, let me point out that 91 percent of the teachers voted 
or the work stoppage. And the way they worded it, it's it's almost as uh, it's clearly they're clear they clearly want to put tremendous pressure on the schools to go remote again. And who would not want to go remote? Let's look. Uh, the teachers face great enough challenges uh, uh, in so many of the schools. You know, with all the challenges that we face. Uh, the needs of these children and things like that, the things that we have to do to provide them with support, the critical support, uh, uh, you know, so I do not underestimate the task at hand. But when you consider that that all the, the problems that uh, Chicago's poor, poorest communities and poorest schools have been facing, uh, when you uh, even before the COVID, when you consider that, then you add to that the fact that the kids were literally out of school uh, for 12 months subjected subjected to this horrible remote learning with disastrous consequences. Uh, and, you know, uh, these kids, kids have come back, and it's just not in Chicago. It's maybe perhaps more magnified in Chicago. But you uh, read the articles about uh, the CDC declares that there's a mental health crisis of, among children. Oh, you think? You know what I mean? Or the obesity, the, uh, the 50% increases in girls, who have who have attempted to commit suicide? Uh, you know the the number of suicides among children in, in Cook County is three times the, the number of 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 COVID related children's deaths. I mean the bottom line is things are just uh, uh, things are are worse. I mean in the affluent suburban schools, the teachers are dealing with children who are unhappy, uh, their disruptive behavior, fighting. So so I just think that the union leadership is caving in to some of his more vocal members and they just want to have an excuse to work less and to work remote. Yeah. You know, Paul, and you would think, I mean, shouldn't parents have a choice about whether their schools should remain open? I mean, after all their tax tax dollars are going to schools uh, where they should go to school. I mean, you'd think that the family should have a decision and it's not just a union make deciding that, you know, we should do remote learning and, you know, this work stoppage there. Not taking this is a system, I think, Paul, that is favors the teachers unions and not parents and students. Yeah, you know, it, it does. Absolutely. Our neighbor, Indiana, who spends half the, mo- the amount of money that we spend in Chicago on schools and actually gets better test score results. Uh, they have they have a, uh, a, a school choice system where 90 percent of the families are income eligible if they send their kids to parochial and private schools. Now, there's not a massive exodus from the public schools. I think only about 10 percent of of the families in Indiana have taken advantage of this. But the bottom line is they have school choice. They offer school choice. They're not capping charter schools. I mean, when you're absolutely right, when are parents going to be able to make the decision? We need to do a couple of things. Number one, we need to give the parents choice. Uh, and when I talk about choice, I'm talking about providing direct funding the parents so that the parents Amen. can decide where to send their kids to school, whether it's parochial, private, or whatever. You're always going to have public schools. You're always going to have traditional public schools. They're always going to educate most of the kids, but there's no reason why parents can't be provided choice. And let me tell you, there's nothing more discriminatory than providing, than not providing poor families with the educational, the educational choices that the more affluent families may have. And, and in Chicago, those poor families are overwhelmingly black and Latino. So, you know, I consider the absence of school choice to be, I mean, if you want to look for institutional racism, the lack of school choice in public education is racist. Number, the second thing is we need to give communities 
communities the power. We need to empower communities to demand that their, if they have a failing school, that that failing school model be replaced with a new model. That's what they have in a number of, that's what they have in New Orleans. If a school is underperforming, the community can demand a better model, regardless, with, with, regardless of what the union says. In Indianapolis, and your readers should Google the Renaissance schools and the innovation schools. These are inner city schools where the community is taking responsibility and where failing schools are being replaced by superior charter school models and those schools have longer school days. Those longer those schools have longer school years. Those schools are performing very, very well. So you need both a community choice and you need a parental choice. And and there's no surviving. There's no survival for the for the middle class or low income families in Chicago without it. Because if I can say just one more thing, there's been this massive exodus of middle income families from Chicago. When I graduated high school a long time ago, 50, 50 years ago, 50% of the city was middle class today, 16% is. And in the last 10 years, there's been an exodus of 284,000 uh, black Chicagoans, overwhelmingly middle income with families. Why are they exiting? They're exiting for two reasons, because of crime, and they're exiting because of poor schools. So it, it, if the city is gonna survive, it's got to move towards a school choice system. Paul, you know, I, we want to keep you on for another segment, if that's all right, because I sure. want to talk more about uh, the Chicago Police Department, the manpower crisis, uh, the CPD police dispatcher, Keith Thornton's criticism of this manpower shortage. You know, we've got so much more to discuss. We'd like to keep you on for another My pleasure. segment. And, you know, you're hitting some really important points that John and I have been talking about even offline. And as you know, you know, it's no secret that John's son committed suicide uh, in early November, November 7th, I believe. And there's no doubt that, you know, this pandemic played a role in that. And I know that this is something that John's going to be focusing on moving forward. I'm going to be focusing on this moving forward because of my love for John and Deborah and the Anthony family. And so um, we're going to uh, keep... Hold you on the line, uh, but that's okay. Paul Vallis, and you're listening to The Sean Thompson Show. We'll be right back. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. You're a rich girl, and you're going too far, because you know it don't matter anyway. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony filling in for Sean Thompson alongside my friend Mark Vargas, host of the hit show Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday from 7 to 9. Before the break, we were talking to former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, Paul Vallis. Paul, um, listen, I, I mean, there's, I have a million questions I want to um, ask you, but I'll keep it focused. Um, mm-hmm. Keith Thornton Jr. is a good friend of mine. He was actually, I actually tried to get him on the show. Um, I saw your your Facebook post uh, about what's happening, well, about what Keith said and what he did. Uh, enlighten the audience on what it was that Keith said. And personally, I think it was on point because the demonization that Lori Lightfoot and her ilk have done to the Chicago Police Department, she should be fired just for that alone, in my opinion. But enlighten us on what Keith Thornton said and what what and 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 why it was so dangerous. Uh, as to what he was um, talking about. 
Yeah, well, you know, first of all, he was exactly right. Um, you know, let me tell you what's happening with the Chicago Police Department. And, you know, I can never keep things short. But um, <laughs> first of all, uh, Lightfoot uh, hired an incompetent team. Brown is incompetent, and his leadership team is a disaster. And the rank-and-file cops know it. And their strategy of pulling cops from the districts and, and using them in these kind of like massive shock and awe citywide units has been an unmitigated disaster because they pulled a thousand cops from local police beats. And, uh, and so you, uh, CWB, uh, a great website, CWB Chicago to look at. Crime I love data. They're fantastic. Them and uh, jackass.com. They're yeah. superb. And, and on Twitter, 16th and 17th Chicago PD districts too on Twitter. They're, they're, yeah, they're all amazing. Well, they pointed out they pointed out that uh, that uh, the ten most violent uh, uh, districts have lost anywhere from like a seventy-five to one hundred twenty-five officers. Now, okay, so so it's a disastrous strategy. And incidentally, and 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 that's number one. Number two, the constant scapegoating of the cops and handcuffing of the cops, not even allowing the cops. The cops have stopped chasing criminals, uh, yep. in effect. Yep. Uh, and the fact that they have these shortages means. That cops have been working 12-hour workdays and have constantly had days uh, 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 days off canceled and things like that. So those things in combination have really created a situation where the cops are leaving like like the the Great Exodus. This year alone, I think close to 950 50 cops have left the district. They've either retired or moved, transferred to other police districts. That is twice the number of last year's record, 437 retirees or, or transfers. Wow. I mean, and they have only replaced a third of them. They simply, people are not signing up and taking exams right. to become Chicago cops. And Paul, and, not, and on top yeah. of the people who've lost their job because they didn't want to take the jab, too. Um, I mean, that's not that really went quiet in the night on the news and in the media, didn't it? Yeah, they've got 250 officers on like, you know, they've been like suspended without pay or something. Yeah. They're short officers. Right. You know, I, I monthly post on individual districts. I take them randomly uh, and look at their their staffing schedules. I think I did the 11th one night. Uh, they were they have to have the beats covered. Incidentally, the 11th had more murders last year than any district in the city, which means they probably had more murders than any police district in the United States. Yeah. So, well, so at the end of the day, and half the beats are covered. Let me tell you, this is only the tip of the ice. You got 30 seconds. Because not, not only do they have, yeah, uh, it's only the tip of the iceberg because there's another 200 to 250 cops that have already put in their papers to retire January 1st. And yeah. if the court rules against the cops on the mandatory vaccination, you could have another thousand that retire, and they're going to walk, and they're going to be gone. So they are in a yeah. free fall, and they have no plan. They have no alternative plan. Yeah. Paul Vallis, real quick, real quick, yes or no? You running for mayor? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Paul, that's okay. Hey, okay. Paul Vallis, thanks so much hey, for joining listen. us. No, listen, and the very best, best to you and your family, and you hang in there. Thank you. Uh, uh, a a healthy and happy new year for you. Happy all. new year Thank to you, you too. Listen to the Sean Thompson Show. We'll be right back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Welcome back to the last hour with Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony, host of the hit radio show, Black and Right Radio, heard every Saturday, 1 to 3. Go ahead and like all of my social media accounts. If you go to Black and Right on Facebook, Black and Right Radio, at Black and Right Radio on Facebook, I put up a link tree. So, yeah, so it has all of my social media platforms that I'm uh, now a part of. Because um, Facebook is, you know, they, they basically shut me down. I was getting millions of, of impressions um, for my shows a month, and they just shut me down. So go like all the other platforms. I'm on Rumble, YouTube, TikTok, um, Facebook, Twitter. Go like them. You got anything? You got any, you have any social media platforms, Mark? Well, I don't have Christmas trees or link trees or any of any of those types of trees. Well, you did have a, um, a very a very uh, you had a tree. Yeah, I had a tree. It's about a foot tall. <laughs> Took me all day to decorate. <laughs> Probably did. You should have seen that something strapped to the top of an Uber. <laughs> it was embarrassing. But no, they follow me on Getter. Oh, I'm on Getter too. I'm on Getter, Mark A. Vargas, or Twitter, or Instagram, or my Mark My Words Facebook page. Yeah, and you're, you're a regular contributor to Newsmax. And, Newsmax. and I saw an article that you did on Newsmax. It was called Technology and Innovation Solve Supply Chain Crisis. Now, Mark. You remember when this when it, when this first happened? You know they were oh the, the Biden said oh that nothing's happening. This nothing's wrong with the supply chain, right? Do they tell the truth about anything? This administration and 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 remember they said that the the previous administration, the Trump administration, was the the, the administrations that lied about everything. I've yet to hear anything come out of the, this administration where it's true. Yeah, I mean you know when how you know how you can tell if the Biden administration is lying, their mouths are moving. Oh, true. Right. True. Everything, everything that they say is a lie. And it's interesting that during this global supply chain crisis, and if you were to go to if you were to see any of the ports, Port of Long Beach, other places, you'll see 40, 50, 60 container ships hovering along the coastline there just in a holding pattern. Yeah. But what was interesting and you remember this, I think everybody remembers this is the, the peak of this supply chain crisis. And where's Pete Buttigieg? Oh, yeah. Maternity leave. God, that I mean, would have been a perfect. Oh God, he he couldn't even he couldn't even break free from maternity leave to go to the office or appear that he's working yeah. during a global supply chain crisis. Shelves are empty, ports are jam packed yeah. with ships, container ships. Where's Buttigieg? He's like sitting on a hospital bed with his husband holding a baby, as if like you know they delivered it right. or something. Right, right, right. So, but but you 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 the 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 basis of the article is that. Um, we have an antiquated system of, as far as how we how our ports work, you know, the whole warehousing system aspect part of it as well. What, how, how do we fix this? How do we, because you're not, this never happened under President Trump, right? This wouldn't have happened under President Trump, right? No, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the su- supply chain crisis is really about, uh, you know, that ships have gotten bigger, container ships have gotten bigger, and they're hauling more container ships, and they're sailing into old, outdated ports. So what you know, we really need 
is to update and modernize these ports that for the, and the ability to unload these container ships that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the year. But, you know, at the end of the day, it really is going to be how technology and innovation can suf- and can really solve the supply chain crisis. Right. I mean, think about it, John. We can use we can go on maps on our phones, mm-hmm. our smartphones, mm-hmm. and we could look at what traffic looks like wherever we're going. Right. Right? right. We could see we could look at the timing. It's going to take us 32 minutes right. versus no traffic, 20 minutes. Right. Why can't we do that with shipping containers? Right. Why can't we determine the the, the traffic for uh, ships? Why can't we use robots and artificial intelligence uh, to unload the container ships? And the other issue is the, the, the workage, worker shortage. Even if you were able to unload all the container ships that are in these ports, warehouses aren't open 24 hours right. a day, seven days a week. And is that the real problem that, that they're facing as well? It's a big it's a big problem, and and add the pandemic, uh, um, the workers making right. more money sitting at home eating potato chips <laughs> than they are actually on their day jobs, and so you've got a lot of these warehouses that they can't find people, and so at the end of the day, we need to put America back to work. Yeah. Now, I I, I also think this is a great opportunity for one of those public-private, you know, uh, coming togethers. You know, the, the government because. Government and business coming actually, you know, coming together to figure this out because, you know, I, I saw in the article that um, Amazon Air, um, you had a, a few Home other people. D- Home Depot. Home Depot, CDL, CDL 1000. That's right. Um, and you also talked about how you believe introducing AI, artificial intelligence. I'm afraid of AI, though. <laughs> I think it scares me. Hey, I, hey, I'm, hey, I grew up on Transformers. So, uh-oh, I grew up on that. And... That's a problem for me with AI, but um, I think they're telling us we got to go on break. I think that's what Hoff Daddy is trying to tell me. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> they, I don't, they were playing us some good music there, right? <laughs> but but I, I get I get it. The whole AI because how would that affect the would would would, would that cause any other disruptions in our supply chain? No, I mean, you know where you're going to see is the Democrats. This is what's interesting in terms of technology and innovation, John, is that the de- the Democratic-controlled states are afraid of te- technology and innovation. They're afraid of AI, artificial intelligence. Why? Because they see this as job killers. It's the Republicans that are more innovative, and it's not necessarily about killing jobs, reallocating resources, modernizing right. it. But what's interesting is, you know, using AI and, and uh, technology and innovation, live tracking, live tracking of your shipments, you know, Imagine having analytics to predict maintenance issues before you even have maintenance issues or before they become breakdowns on your trucks, uh, performance scorecards, real life tracking of your deliveries, which we see, you know, with Amazon and and FedEx and UPS now. But there are so many ways to to implement technology to really solve this global supply chain problem. And I I, I think it's warranted. You know, I, I, I was reading a comment. Um, how the Panama Canal was dredged out. Um, that was another problem and issue. When, when was the last time that something like that was done? That's right. I mean, I mean, we we got to do better. It, how are we building back better under this administration? I mean, Mark, every single aspect of the economy. Think about any any economical uh, measure. It's all treading down right now, Mark. And if we had an honest media. They would be they would be on this administration, but they're not. No, they they want to ask Joe Biden what his favorite ice cream flavor yeah. is. <laughs> you know, and the, and the warning is for these companies not to become Kodak. I don't know. 
Yeah, I remember our listeners Kodak. remember the Kodak and their failure to innovate. I mean, Kodak owned the the photo market. Yeah. They owned yeah. it. But their failure, Kodak's failure, was that, that they failed to recognize that people were no longer be carrying phones anymore right. or, or cameras, cameras, that they were going to be using their cell phones as cameras. And Kodak was like, no, that, that will never happen. People will always have cameras. No, no. that's well, not well, true. And so they made that fatal air. Fujifilm, I believe, took all the ownership rights of like the film for photos on cell phones. Yeah. And Kodak went away. It was, yeah. a, it was a fatal air. Yeah. I mean, you can hold, you can make an entire movie. I mean, with this cell phone. I mean, imagine the dummies at Kodak that that sat around a conference room and said, "People will never use their cell phones for a camera," right? Unbelievable. Yeah. How, how did this help China? China. How but did it help them? It, I mean, it, we're, we're creating, we're building their economy. Everything's yeah. made in China. Yeah. And and guess what? At the end of the day, you don't have a global supply chain crisis if things are made in the USA. Yeah, that's 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 so true. But when you look at, I mean, this is this just further proves to me that China has Joe Biden on strings and they're just of dangling course, him around the world. Of course they do. Of course they do. But yeah, I encourage everyone to check out. I'm a, I have my own column on Newsmax, uh, Mark Vargas. It's called the Potomac Perspective. So you can check out technology and innovation supply. Uh, solve the supply chain crisis and all these other articles yeah. that I try and pump out. But yeah. it's an important topic, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Yeah, because because Mark, what happens? I, I know what what happens when if this happens again, and the truck the the, the truckers go on strike because of the the whole jab thing. I mean, we were at. I don't think people really understand how close we were to deserts in our grocery stores. <laughs> right. You know. I mean, we were really that close. But I mean, this administration, these these buffoons in this administration, um, just continue to lie about everything. I mean, Mark, I'm I'm so flustered. I don't I, I don't remember any presidential administration that had me this flustered. I wasn't really that old for the Jimmy Carter administration, so I really don't. Well, listen, the incompetence and the incontinence of yes, Joe Biden is really remarkable. It is. It is. And and I don't even think he understands. I don't even think he knows or understands. What happened? I'm going to play uh, an audio clip. Hopefully, if we have time, of Charlemagne the God, that when he was interviewing um, Vice President Kamala Harris. Let's let's go to the the, the phone lines. David, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Uh, hey guys, um, great show. Thank you. Um, quick comment. Uh, I told the uh, producer uh, I called about China in the shipping supply problem, but real quick, I would like all everybody in. Uh, uh, on the right, who is commenting, like commentary, and uh, you know, to call the um, insurrection, um, the actual insurrection should be Antifa and BLM and yeah. everything from 2019 to 2021, and China, you know, releasing whether on purpose or or by mistake the virus, yeah. and all these people that are in power that are pro-China are taking over. That's the real insurrection uh, anyway. Well, I've said um, that. I've said it on my show many a times. The real insurrection is what's happening in Portland right now. You know, what's happening. I mean, they've taken over uh, the entire blocks of city blocks. And uh, even one of them just recently got um, put on probation for assaulting a cop. You know, it's, it's insane what's happening across our country. Uh, what was your comment about right. um, China, David? I'm sorry. My comment, you guys are talking about ships sitting offshore and uh, supply chain problems. I don't think this is uh, 
like mundane or a passive thing, and it's a lack of uh, necessarily a lack of uh, workers. I think maybe this is on purpose. China's got their claws. I said in this, that. Uh, because I heard, um, I mean, this is anecdotal, but I heard a call into uh, Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, about four years ago. Somebody said um, China planted flags on piers on, on the left coast, you know, like Chinese flags, actually, oh, wow. out there. So, you know, uh, uh, some of the shipping uh, yeah. wharfs out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if China is, like, making it. So after all, many of these ships come come from China. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if China is somehow messing up the supply <laughs> chain. It, it, guess what? Not, I, I, I wouldn't put anything past China. Thanks so much for calling, David. I wouldn't put anything past China. Uh, and remember, this pres- the former president was basically, I mean, right after he came out and, and slapped China, we get this thing that comes to the United States all of a sudden, and it affects an election, and it's, it's affect our economy. Yeah, Donald Trump was single-handedly killing their economy. He was. He was saying, you pay what you owe. Yeah. You're listening to The Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony. He's Mark Vargas. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony filling in for Sean Thompson with Mark Vargas alongside me. I've had a good time these last two days with you. Time goes fast. It, it goes by really fast. Um, but, you know, if, if we don't put China at bay, Mark, and Russia, because, I mean, everybody thought, oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia Russia's a paper tiger, man. China's the beast. They're the, they're, they're the real one. And then it would have been really good if we if, if, if we had an FBI, a real FBI, who saw all this stuff that was on Joe Biden's son's laptop and all that stuff. I mean, because it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. We could have a whole show on what was on Hunter Biden's yes, laptop. Yes, we, we really can. But imagine if there was a real investigation that happened. You know, oh, we don't want to get political. That's not political. This is, this is, this is an it's issue. Criminal. criminal. And, and not just that. We had a sitting former vice president who was dealing, had dealings with China, who's now getting ready to be running for president. I mean, that's a lot of, I want to see everything released. What do you say? What is, what is Rod? I would say release, release the, tapes. the tape, play the tapes, play the tapes, release every file that's on there. Every single one of them. I want to see it all. I want to see anything that's dealing with China. Who's the big guy? Was that Trump? Was that Biden? Wasn't Trump? Yeah. Biden's the big guy. You know, but. I, I want to play this interview that Charlemagne the God. It's a, it's a, it's only a two minute. He kind of he kind of you know buckled at the end. I'm like, come on, God, come on, Shaw. You know, you you had her on the ropes, and then you at the end. Oh, that's that's I'll let you play it. But I I, I really I like Char- Charlemagne the God. I really do. I think I don't know. We don't agree, but he has gone after people. You know, he he went after Joe Biden when he was running for office. But I want you to hear this, and I want to get your analysis on this, Mark. Here we go. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican no. about asking really? whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Bi- and, it's Joe Bi- and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is yes, Kamala Harris. <laughs> and the reality is because we are in office, we do the things like 
the child tax credit, which is going to reduce black child poverty by 50 percent on track to do that. I can't stand her. We do things that are about saying that our Department of Justice is going to do these investigations and require. Okay. Okay. See, listen, that's the go to. That's that go to. Right. You see how he 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 came after. So what did she try to do? She tried to go to the black route. Oh, we do these things. Oh, we we the Justice Department making sure that. Shut up. Hogwash. Hogwash. The Justice Department is still actively going after Trump supporters. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. While they ignore Hunter Biden. Yes. Hunter Biden. And dude, why is why is Anquifa still running the, uh, Portland? Why? And, and the Justice Department is doing nothing about the people, the criminals that have been rioting and looting our streets. Nothing. 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 4,500 people shot in the city of Chicago. Where's the Justice Department? Going after Trump supporters. Yes. Call, bringing in somebody that walked into the, 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 the Capitol, Lawrence Ligas. Didn't commit a crime. Oh, but you want to make a spectacle of that. But these people that are actually hurting, killing, and destroying stuff, we're just going to let them go. Yeah, let's let them go. Why? Because they're not Trump supporters. I'm so sick of this. And I hope more Americans, more Illinoisans, get pissed, get mad. I, get flustered, get frustrated, and tell them enough is enough and no more. We're done with this. This is America. I'm sorry. Oh, Mark, I'm telling you, it's like, wake up. All this wokeness, these people are not woke, they're sleepwalking. Yep. They're sleepwalking while America's being destroyed from within. You could never, no standing army could ever destroy us. None. Not one. We just, we can, but we definitely can destroy ourselves. If we sit back and allow these idiots to run amok, run among us. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm flustered, it, brother, and I'm, I'm flustered and I'm frustrated and I want more Americans to realize how great this country is. I served this country overseas as a civilian in combat. Uh, we, li- we have an incredible country. I need to calm down. So let's go to the phone lines. Mark, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Hello, you guys are on fire. It's Mark Wiremore, your man on the street. I've become kind of a regular with you guys, so this is pretty exciting. But I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm with you guys. Let me give you a quick man on the street report. I was just at Midway Airport dropping off my son. There are no flight delays, so don't believe this. Go ahead and travel. Let me tell you, uh, multiple businesses are not going to follow this mandate on the 3rd. I know a bunch of people that are worried about losing their jobs on the 3rd, too. So I don't know what's going to happen. Two things to announce. On on Monday, there's going to be a rally at the Thompson Center 1130, and it's going to be a freedom rally against uh, against all this tyranny. Also, next week, no one's really talking about it, but we have the March for Life downtown, and we'll probably have 5,000 people marching downtown supporting life. So that's what's going on. Can I give you my quick breaking news? Yeah, go ahead, Mark. All right. I'm calling for the resignation of Mayor Lightfoot, Tony Preckwinkle, Tim Evans, and David Brown for violation of the oath of office and endangering lives in Chicago and Cook County. I'm calling for it right now. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you, Mar. Happy New Year. They, You're fired. Exactly. They all should be fired. <laughs> and you know, who, you know who fires them? The people. We the people. Yeah. You know, um, Jack Harper on YouTube says, it all stops when we say no. That's right. Stop testing. Stop it. Stop it. 
Listen, Enough. If we had your, if we all had your energy, everybody had your energy, John. I think that we'd have a different story. Yeah, right? we got to stand up. Yes, I think it was Congresswoman Mary Miller that made that point, or someone made that. Oh, was it Senator Darren Bailey about we spend more time? Democrats just want to win. That was Darren Bailey, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, I a think Joe, Joe Biden moment on that. But, yeah, you know, at at the end of the day, and someone told me that something that I thought was profound. It, it was a Democratic friend of mine. I said, Mark, you know the difference between your party and mine. We just want to win. You just want to be right. Yeah. Right. Right. I just want America to be restored to the greatness of, of who she is. I want Illinois to be great because Illinois is great because of its people. You listen to the Sean Thompson show. We'll be right back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson show. I am 560. The answer. Oh, the pastor's up on the roof, breaking it out. He busted it out. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. I'm John Anthony, filling in for Sean Thompson, alongside my good friend Mark Vargas. Um, you know, I wanted to leave the the the, the show on, on on a very good and positive note. Um, most of you may or may not know our next guest. I'm going to tell you, he's somebody that helped clean up one of the toughest areas in the city of Chicago, O-Block. Um, he's, he was real instrumental in making sure that that area um, stopped with a lot of the crime. I mean, literally, they used to be one of the number one areas when it comes to shootings, uh, crime, period. And our next guest, he's now probably freezing his tail off right now up on the rooftop of his church, uh, Project Hood founder, um, Pastor Corey Brooks. Welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. Hey, I wanted to have you on, man. You, you. I'm telling you, you've, you've been such an inspiration for me um, just in the last, what I think has been 10, 12 years since I've known you. Um, you've been you've been somebody that really believes in trying to change what's happening, not just in not just in your community, but in the city of Chicago. And, and I've also I want to tell people right now. I've seen this guy go after Democrats and Republicans alike. And 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 I don't think I've ever seen anybody willing to take them both on the way you have Pastor Corey. And I, I just I, I just applaud you for that. Um, but I wanted to bring you on to talk about what you're raising. Um, you, you, you're trying to raise money for a, a, a community center uh, with Project Hood. And you guys reached a million dollars in 39 days. Yeah, we reached a million dollars, a little over a million dollars in 39 days. And tomorrow we're going to be announcing a, a, a major um, gift as well. And so I'm really excited about that. And we're moving right along. We got a $35 million project that we're trying to play for debt free. And uh, we're doing everything we can. We're throwing everything we have at it. And we believe we're going to make it happen. This is not just a regular center like people would think about, like a YMCA, but right. this center encompasses a construction school, an entrepreneurial school, trauma counseling, culinary arts, media and arts. It's it's a fantastic uh, center, opportunity center for people to transform their lives. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I've seen you bring in um, just a, a very eclectic group of people. Um, you've brought people, I mean, uh, State Senator Dan Bailey was there, uh, Gary Rabine was there, reformed gang members from the city of Chicago, contractors from the city of Chicago. What is this experience? Because I, I saw the first one 
I think this this one is 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 is, is well just beats out the original um, pastor on the roof. What what has this experience been like? Not just not only for you, your congregants, but the the, the people in the community as well. Well, it's been a great experience. Um, we've had, like you said, a lot of different people on the roof, a lot of different people from different walks of life participating in the endeavor. And that's a great thing. That's how America ought to be. It's not just uh, one uh, facet of people, but it's a multitude of people, a myriad of people. And so I'm really excited that we've had CEOs on the roof. We've had gangbangers, governors, people running for governor, political office, CEOs. And so it's really been a great, great time. Uh, with uh, celebrating the differences, but all of us having a common goal. Yeah, Pastor, it's uh, Mark Vargas, and I know you were on my show several weeks ago, and I, I told John during the break that I, I promised that I would join you up there. And so, you know, I joked that I was going to find the warmest day in January, <laughs> the warmest evening in January to go, but uh, I'm not that wimpy. I, I will join you. Um, Maybe we go together. John, yeah, maybe we can go together. Yeah. yeah, just bring the show. Absolutely. We'll bring the show up there. And John, I've got an idea. You know, we're Fiddler on the Roof. We got to have Pastor <laughs> on the Roof. roof. Yeah, we got to get We got hashtag, hashtag. But 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 Pastor Brooks, you know, what's been and, and here's what I think is remarkable is that and I've spoken personally with several of the people that have stayed overnight with you and everyone says we heard gunshots in the middle yeah. of the night. And 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 explain to people who haven't heard gunshots, I heard a lot. I mean, I was in Baghdad 14 times during combat as a civilian, but many of the people visiting you and staying overnight have never heard those sorts of gunshots before. What What is their reaction that night or in the morning when you're discussing some of that? Well, yeah, it's kind of riveting, um, you know, when people who have not lived in these type of environments and these type of communities, and then all of a sudden when they're used to peace and quiet, they're hearing traffic, but most of all hearing gunshots. It can be very uh, traumatic and, and, and life-changing. And I think uh, those CEOs specifically who heard all the loud noises, who have heard the gunshots, I would like to think that this experience has been a, a, a learning experience, uh, an experience that helped them to understand a little more why it's so needed to have this center on the south side of Chicago in this neighborhood <clears throat> and the impact that they can also make as CEOs on using their influence to do something positive. So um, it, 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 those gunshots and things of that sort are very negative situations, but uh, our group of guys and, and ladies have been using it uh, to turn negatives into positives. Yeah. And, 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 and Pastor Brooks, I, I think more people need to really understand what, you, what you've done prior to even doing this um, up on the roof. Um, you do a lot of great things with people. I remember coming over there with uh, Marcus King when he was with DOC and you do a lot of great things in the community. Um, and, and, and I think it lends credence to what you're trying to do with this community center. Talk about what are some of the programs you already have now um, and wh- what you're trying to do is really take that to a whole nother level because there are a lot of people hurting in Chicago and there are not a lot of resources for these people, correct? Absolutely. Well, one of the things I'm really uh, proud about is our construction classes. Uh, we have carpentry classes where we teach people how to get into the trade. We just had our first all-women's class of 20 women who graduated in our electrical class. And so I'm really thankful to be able to have those trades to move people out of some tough situations that they live in and help them to transform their lives. And then we have a violence prevention team made up of about 14 workers full-time workers who go out into the community to make sure that they help us with the violence, make sure there's no retaliation, 
making sure that they mediate conflicts. So those things are very helpful. And then we have our mentoring that we do with our young people. And of course, our entrepreneurial classes where we're teaching people to start businesses and create and allowing them to learn financial literacy and all the things that go along with budgeting and running a business. So we've got a lot of great programs and we're going to be able to maximize it even more. Once we get this center built, we're going to be able to do way more than what we're doing now, reaching it, you know, instead of having one construction class for 20 people, we'll be able to have five construction classes with a hundred people. And that's, that's the type of thing we're trying to do with this facility. You know, it's, it's, been said that you know people can donate not just money but it's time talent and treasures their treasure right the three t's pastor what where can people go to donate number one and secondly um if they're unable and that's okay to donate some some of their treasure uh, how could they offer their time or their talents to help your mission yeah well they can go to projecthood.org projecthood.org and there they can give their treasure and they can sign up to be a volunteer and give some of their talent and their time as well. So that website will help them to navigate through uh, what interest they have as it relates to trying to help Project Hood. But projecthood.org is, is the website. Excellent. Yeah, And, you know, what, what's been something that, um, that you've learned or surprised you during this process of up on, uh, up on the roof, passed around the roof? What, has there been something that you didn't expect or, uh, a, a hidden blessing while you've been up there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, the biggest thing I knew uh, that people in Chicago would be generous and they would help out. But what's really been surprising is the overwhelming amount of people from all across the country who have been helping. And I mean, from every state, from every corner, they've been tremendous in blessing us and uh, helping us with our endeavor there's probably not a state that has not given something. And so, you know, we've really been encouraged by that. And that's been the biggest surprise so far because, um, but that's what it's going to take for us to build this center. It's going to take all of us uh, and all of the Americans from all over the place, uh, giving a helping hand and and making this happen. That's, so that's been a blessing. Yeah. And, and, and you've been on Sean Hannity's show at night as well, being able to really push that out. Right. Yeah, I've been on Sean Hannity. Uh, I'll be on there again tonight. I've been on uh, Fox and Friends frequently. And every day I have a blog on on Fox. So if people go to the website, I have a blog every single day. Well, Pastor Brooks, give the website again. It's projecthood.org, projecthood.org. Dude, Mark and I may come up there and and hang out with you together. He will. He will. Yeah, and, um, you know, I got nothing but love for you, and you, you have been such an inspiration for so many people throughout the years. So I, I really appreciate you, and thanks so much for joining us on the Sean Thompson right. Show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bring right. my chocolate when you come. <laughs> God bless you. We'll see you soon, Pastor. All right. Thank you. Right. Uh, great work. Unbelievable. I mean, dude, I mean, a hundred is it 100 days out there and in the cold? And he's there through, like, February 13th. Yes. yes. I mean, th- this guy's got some backbone and some guts. I would have, John, if this were me, I would have done this May, June, July. Yeah. He's doing this through February, the coldest time of the year. So go to projecthood.org. Projecthood.org. You're listening to The Sean Thompson Show. We'll be right back. This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Well, all righty. Feels like the end of the world right here. 
I need to burpee, John? <laughs> I know, you probably do. Welcome back to the Sean Thompson Show. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> I'm John Anthony, host of Black and White Radio, heard every Saturday from 1 to 3, joined by my good friend, buddy, pal, brother from another mother, Mark Vargas, host of Mark My Words with Mark Vargas, heard every Sunday from 7 to 9. Let's go straight to Art, because he's been holding the line. Art, welcome to the Sean Thompson Show. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call, and I agree completely with what Mark Weirmuller said a little while ago. But uh, let me go back to what you said about artificial intelligence. There's there's three definitions of three people who epitomize artificial intelligence. Two of them have the initials of JB, and one, of course, is the whole Democratic Party. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that was well, a good one. Well done, Art. Well done, well done. Art. Well done, Art. Thank you so much for calling. Hope to see you guys on uh, Monday morning at, uh, at the Thompson Center. All right. Thanks so much Excellent. for calling, Art. See you, Art. <laughs> that was funny. That, that is funny. What, are, you, you, you're not, are you doing a show um, January 2nd? On Sunday? Yeah. Yes. I'm not. Show will be live. Oh, you'll be doing it for sure. Hey, I want to take us out on this. Um, I want to play, you know, I love Ronald Reagan. I Who mean, doesn't? He's like one Except of my. the Democrats. One of my faves. I'm going to play this really quick because I, I just got word in my ear. Everybody is confused. How, how, how do you see the thing? What, how are we going to get out of this? Well, Johnny, I think one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. A moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles, and we're better off than any other people on Earth. And we've asked so much of government, and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. Now, the... We all need to take heed of that in 2022. Government is not the answer. They're out the, they're out the problem. Mark, thank you. Sean, thank you. Hoff Daddy. Repeat, Pistol Pete, thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go make it a good one. <laughs>